Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So um, apparently it's the anniversary of uh, Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashing. And they've put up a big statue of Kobe Bryant. It's a statue of Kobe walking with his daughter. Uh, placed, okay. at the, placed at the crash site. Yeah. Hmm. It's always a little weird how the Kobe thing, he got, he got kind of like transformed into kind of a combination of Nelson Mandela and MLK and Gandhi or something. And Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan, yeah. Mm, what that's yeah. all about. People are weird. You know, one final note. We were just talking a little earlier about uh, bums and junkies ruining the, uh, the the parkway along the river area in the Sacramento area, the American River, which is gorgeous. I mean, it's it's a it's a, just a jewel of the region. That long, long riding, biking, walking pathway along the river. If you're riding your bike along there, you're nuts. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many junkies. And, Certainly, and if you're doing it with your kids, you're nuts. Bums and criminals and that sort of thing. And it's just become dirty and filthy and crime-ridden and fires happening all the time. Um, and, and there's a guy quoted in the story talking about, yeah, it's just exploded in the last couple, two, three years. Yeah, is that because all of a sudden we need more housing? No, it's because we've gone soft on junkies because the meth in the community ruins people's minds. There's a more potent, chemically different meth on the streets. And if you do not recognize that what we have is a meth problem, I tell you what, you eliminate the meth junkies and the quote-unquote homeless problem is a tiny fraction of what you think it is. Now, I'm not saying it's effortless to eliminate the meth problem. Not far from it. Until you recognize what problem you're trying to solve, you can't solve it. End of screed. Speaking of the failure to recognize what is plainly true, and this is not about politics, this is not about fiscal conservatism, this is not about uh, redistribution of wealth, although it could be, certainly. The universal assumption by the Democratic Party especially, and a lot of Republicans... It's bipartisan blindness, and absolutely the media. This assumption that pre-K, state-funded, pre-kindergarten for kids is obviously a good thing. Hey, Republicans, stop using the term pre-K. They invented it to make it sound like we're adding another year of schooling to help drive equity. It's not another year of that. It's just it's free child care paid for by taxpayers. Well, yeah, and it's, trying it's to institutional child care and trying to get the population used to the idea that the government takes care of your kid now starting at age three or four instead of four or five. Just add another year of a and and there's no educational benefit to it. There's been no there have been no studies showing there's an educational benefit to it for years. Now, in the very recent years, they've come up with studies showing it actually does harm yet. We almost got universal pre-K with the Build Back Better plan. We are one Joe Manchin vote away from that becoming the law of the land for the rest of our lives. In spite of all the damage it does to children and the fact that all of us have recognized that for a long time, if you're into this topic, as I have been for quite some time, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to see Yahoo News, which uh, leans way left, actually published 
quote, alarming study finds children who attended state-funded pre-K are worse off than peers. There's a big new study out of Kentucky, studied thousands of kids, random samples, control group, blah, 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 scientifically valid. Children who attended a state-funded pre-K program more than 10 years ago are doing worse than their peers who received other methods of education, especially at home. Said the uh, professor at Vanderbilt, one of the authors of the study, at least for poor children, it turns out that something is not better than nothing. The kinds of pre-K that our poor children are going into are not good for the long term. And the government-funded PK, uh, pre-K rather, um, would be the very sort of pre-K that all kids, virtually all kids, end up at. Uh, the study, which was published by the American Psychological Association, found that those students were worse off than their peers by the time sixth grade concluded on issues uh, as diverse as academic achievement, discipline, and special education referrals. Uh, data through the sixth grade from state education records showed that the children randomly assigned to the attend pre-K had lower achievement test scores in third through sixth grades than the control children, with the strongest negative effect in sixth grade. Meaning, and by overwhelming numbers, starting in third grade, they're doing worse than the kids who didn't do this, and it gets worse and worse through sixth grade. They described the findings as alarming, and they saw any positive effects on education of the education. It dissipated by the end of kindergarten before they turned almost immediately slightly negative in uh, elementary school. So any advantage vanished by the end of kindergarten and turned into a negative. And if this were like one small study out of, you know, the University of Helsinki or something, take it with a shaker full of salt. But this is the umpteenth study, major study, funded often by the people who think this is a good idea, and it always comes out the same. Unbelievable. They mentioned, Jack, to your credit, the Biden administration has been a proponent of universal pre-K and included such a program in its nearly $2 trillion social spending package last year. Quote from the president, studies show that the earlier our children begin to learn in school, the better. That's why we're going to make two years of high-quality preschool available to every child. Two that years. has never been borne out by science ever. That right. is a lie. Can't blame politicians for lying. That's what they do. It's what they're born to do, but uh, you can blame the media for not uh, pointing that out more often, including Fox News. I can't tell you how many times I've yelled at the TV over the years where they mention pre-K as if it's a, a an unknown good. All right, I, there's just a giant assumption of that in society, and it, it, partly it's been pushed by those who are in favor of it. Partly, I just think it sounds people, good. Exactly, it sounds good. And so people don't ask the question because so many of today's journalists are not very curious people. Um, what So what is behind pushing this so hard? Some people think I'm nuts. I'm not nuts. I've been aware of this movement since I was a wee lad of 18. Why don't we let uh, Melissa Harris-Perry of MSNBC explain at least partially what's going on here. Clip number 23. We have... 
never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Now, nothing is 100% one thing or the other. I do think a community has a role in a child's life. I think back to, you know, my schools and my ball coaches and my my uh, neighbors who kept an eye on what the kids were up to. And by golly, if I got a lot out of line, my parents would hear about it. Um, but the idea of a collectivist education to children, um, you've seen it in all sorts of Marxist societies. The kids are taken away and they are educated by the state. Or just the idea that the parents aren't the primary instiller of all values and everything else. Sure, yeah. You, you look at a system like China where the state is the, uh, is the teacher of children and the children actually report back to the state whether the parents are uh, out of line or not. And that's what the MSNBC, the left crowd, is into. So the reason they're so incredibly enthused about universal PK is they can they can get these kids before they recognize an A, a B, or a C, and start educating them in in their you know left wing Marxist attitudes. They love that idea. You know, from the earliest days of public education, for all of its merit, in a lot of the twentieth century. Uh, it was pretty well recognized that really the purpose of public ed- education is indoctrination a- and to craft capable workers, which which is fine. It's not a bad goal because you have to be able to serve yourself. But the idea that, wait a minute, you think schools are being used to indoctrinate kids into attitudes that I may not like? No, that's that's like been the idea since the beginning. I had forgotten Super Bowl is coming up in a couple weeks, right? You got your championship games this weekend? Mm-hmm. Conference champions. Yep. Chiefs hosting Bengals. Rams hosting 49ers. Correct. Both on Sunday. Do I dare bring in my cheese dip that you guys like? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to do it. Dip. The cheese yeah, I'll dip. I'll definitely put the recipe online, make sure that's so everybody can get it. But I'd forgotten that the halftime show is all hip-hop this year. My, my son is particularly going to like this a lot. i got to tell him about this. He'll be looking forward to the Super Bowl. Maybe I can get him to watch for the halftime show. Dr. Dre... Eminem, Kendrick Lamar are going to be your uh, your halftime show. My son's did, a giant Eminem fan. Did uh, didn't Dr. Dre talk about killing cops a lot? I don't think so. You don't think so? I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. So what people like, go ahead. The idea of the very idea of the Super Bowl halftime show is jumped the shark ages ago, if you ask me. But you know, it's something to look at during the party. Is it going to be all bleeps? Or they've uh, agreed since so many of these guys, like Snoop, Snoop Dogg, has gone from a guy, he was an actual murdering <laughs> gangbanger, allegedly, to now he's a giant beloved corporation. He's like, he's like hostess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Middle American housewives say, yeah. oh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that, that's a good point. To what extent are Dr. Dre and Eminem corporations like their FedEx and Verizon, and they're just there to uh, push their brand? and so I'm sure they've either picked their uh, songs that are appropriate and or cleansed them to be corporate friendly, but that's fine. I would do the same if they wrote me a giant check. Uh, but speaking They're of the Super Bowl. They're also both in their 50s, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, shout out to my buddy Tim who sent this along. Um, 
Do we have time for this? Yeah, I guess we do. Uh, Tony Accardo, born in Chicago's Little Italy, he was 14 when he dropped out of school. By 16, he was working for Jack Machine Gun McGurn, one of Al Capone's hitmen. And in his mid-20s, he was promoted to Capone's bodyguard and chauffeur. He was he bragged about being part of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Hmm. This guy, a hardcore, actually his early nickname was Joe Batters when he was a teen because he'd beat people down with ball bats. Ooh. Well, he, uh, he, he lived, he loved, he... Had a, a child who had a child who had a child, and that great grandson of that feared mobster is uh, none other than 49ers star Nick Bosa. Hmm. Which is of no significance. It's mildly interesting. Part of the reason I bring it up is should Nick Bosa feel guilt? Generational guilt that his, his great great grandfather, whatever it was, was a brutal mobster. Is he responsible for that? Mobster supremacy. Come on. On the way, is Dr. Fauci responsible for the pandemic that's killed millions and cost trillions? He has finally responded to Fox's latest reporting that makes it look like he's a lot closer to responsible than he has been letting on. If you haven't heard some of this stuff, we can bring you up to speed. Also, a university accidentally gave up full ri- out full-ride scholarships to a whole bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Send them a letter saying you got a full ride scholarship. Uh oh, uh, we got all these stories on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Did everybody hear about this? Amazon has officially endorsed a Republican-sponsored bill that would legalize marijuana on a federal level. Amazon says it would make hiring easier. Yeah. I get it. Legalizing marijuana would really help Amazon, wouldn't it? Not to mention DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats. (laughs) So, um, Joe and I got vaccinated first opportunity. I haven't gotten the booster yet. I would if it were convenient. I tried like one time to book an appointment and couldn't and then never tried again because that's the kind of guy I am. I got boosted. Then I got it. I'm super immune. It's like being a superhero. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got something on that, too. Uh, Maybe I'll get to that this segment. Um, But the latest numbers on people dying vaxxed or not vaxxed. So in November, it was 15 to 1 unvaccinated people dying versus vaccinated people. It's now 20 to 1. You're just way, way less likely to die if you're vaccinated than if you're unvaccinated. And if you don't believe those numbers, fine. I don't know what to do. They're true. You're better off being vaccinated if you want to not die of this thing. Doesn't mean I think the government ought to be able to make it mandatory. And Dr. Fauci's a filthy liar, but both can be true. Yep. Um, I had the story on uh, from the Wall Street Journal about the latest information on um, the high cost of disparaging natural immunity to COVID. I'll just read you a paragraph because this is quite amazing. 
public health officials ruined many lives. This is an op-ed, obviously, by somebody named Marty McCary in the Wall Street Journal. But the, the oh, facts yeah. are facts. Um, you know this person? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a doctor from uh, Johns Hopkins, I think. And it's in the Wall Street Journal. So this isn't, you know, whatever right-wing site that you don't believe. Public health officials ruined many lives by insisting that workers with natural immunity to COVID be fired if they weren't fully vaccinated. But after two years of accruing data, the superiority of natural immunity over vaccinated immunity is clear. By firing staff with natural immunity, employers got rid of those least likely to infect others. It's time to reinstate those employees with an apology. Yep. The latest numbers would show that the people that you that were forced to quit, you know, a lot of people didn't get fired. They just resigned rather than you know, get the vaccine. Geez, cops, firefighters, nurses all across the country who said they had the natural immunity, um, they were the least likely to spread the disease. And you made them leave your company. Well, we're just trying to ensure a safe workplace, blah, blah, blah. And if it was just because, well, you didn't know, well, that's fine. But there was plenty of data that backed that up, and it was ignored. Yeah, Marty Macri is indeed with uh, Johns Hopkins Hospital, uh, surgical oncologist, etc., teacher, author, commentator on public health. Blah, okay. blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. So much misinformation, so much politics, so much just knee-jerk, psycho-anti-Trumpism. Yes, we got some stuff coming up on um, uh, Fox with a, uh, a great piece. If it had been on 60 Minutes, everybody would be talking about it because it was on Fox. It's not getting as much press but more information that dr fauci's been in on this thing from the beginning and we can explain what that means coming up yep absolutely true we have been lied to and more importantly the government big tech and our media have suppressed any effort to dive into the truth and to actually learn what caused the covid in the first place and how china's uh, responsible armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ooh, have you seen the video that's making the rounds today of the cop running over the guy? Uh, I have not. Who's running running through the ditch? Uh, that's rough. I don't know all the details of it. Tim Sanford's big on uh, retweeting it and today and unhappy about it, but maybe we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Dash, dash cam video. It's uh, if you don't like that sort of thing, don't watch it. Yikes. Um, I mean, nobody likes that sort of thing, but if you're bothered by that sort of thing, if you like that sort of thing, see a psychiatrist. Yikes. Um, So uh, we're going to talk a little COVID here. I haven't gotten my kids. um, Well, we're going to talk massive cover-up, dishonesty, and lies here. Which is at the beginning part of the biggest human-made disaster in world history by far. Um, but I haven't gotten my kids vaccinated yet, and it's interesting, probably because of the area I live in, I know so many people whose kids have been fully vaxxed for a long time. I know quite a few people like that. You're an outlier nationally. In the United States, more than a quarter of 5- to 11-year-olds haven't received at least one dose. Okay, flip that on its head. Basically, three-quarters of kids 5- to 11 have not even received a single dose which just shows you how different it is around the country from where I live, where I know lots of people whose kids have been fully vaccinated for a very long time, meaning both shots, maybe the booster. Um, But 
How about this? Sweden has decided against recommending vaccine for kids aged 5 to 11. They say the benefits do not outweigh the risks, according to the Swedish health agency. The benefits are the prevention, probable prevention, of hospitalization and death, which are practically not a thing with kids. Not entirely, I realize that, but to a large extent. Yeah. People are crazy. Fox News had a feature uh, last night on families living with COVID and the effects and how miserable they are. And they're the one mom, my kid's never had a play date. He doesn't hug his friends. He doesn't know what his, their faces look like. Why? Because you're a crazy person who doesn't understand science is why. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Don't get me started. So a couple of nights ago, special report with Brett Baer did a, an absolutely fabulous job of boiling down uh, in an extended report um, the facts uh, having to do with additional leaked emails that have come to light describing the early discussions during the COVID plague by a number of virologists, including Anthony Fauci, uh, uh, Francis Collins of the NIH, and and other people, and their decision to absolutely choke off, clamp down, silence anybody who suggested anything other than it jumped from one animal to another to human beings. It was totally natural. It didn't come in a lab. The wet market. That's right. And anybody who dared suggest that got or or even wanted to look into the lab leak theory or the fact that perhaps the virus was genetically altered in the name of medical research there in Wuhan, anybody who so much as posed that question was labeled a conspiracy theorist and silenced by big media and big tech. And and, and it's absolutely outrageous, but enough editorializing. Let's get into some of the reaction to that report, because it highlights some of the reporting in the reaction and any any blanks that need to be filled in, we will fill in for you. The first voice you're going to hear is Dr. Robert Redfield, the former director of the CDC, 82, Michael. The approach that the leaders of the scientific community took was really not scientific. A science loves rigorous debate of different hypotheses and use that debate to try to get to scientific truth. Instead, what happened here was there appears to be a consensus among a number of individuals that they were going to portray the point of view that there was really one, only one credible perspective here, and that's what it was evolutionary. He had some more comments to make. Let's roll on with 83. I've said before that I don't think it's biologically plausible that it came from nature, where you had a virus that went from bats to some intermediate animal to humans and then was one of the most infectious viruses we've seen. I've told people that SARS went from a bat to a civet cat to humans, and now 18, 19 years later, there's been less than 10,000 cases in the world. MERS in 2012-13, from a bat to a camel to humans, less than 10,000 cases nine years later. These viruses that come from uh, nature don't immediately become highly infectious for man. This virus had to be educated in how to infect man uh, with uh, uh, greater efficiency. And so therefore, I think really uh, the evidence really points, if you want to have a rigorous scientific debate, that this virus uh, emerged from the laboratory. And I'm disappointed that science doesn't embrace science. 
Now, that that goes to the the basic discussion of the cause. But what he doesn't address is one of the major parts of the investigation that uh, Special Report did. And that has to do with the fact that uh, early on in this, a number of prominent virologists were exchanging emails uh, with each other. And, and those emails exist. They've been found. They've been issued. They've been released in which the, some of the most prominent among them were saying there's no way this is natural it was uh it, there's too much uh, too much coincidence specifically it has to do with the spike proteins and how they bind to human cells that part of their genome is clearly constructed because it's almost impossible for it to suddenly occur in nature in such a perfect form they were strongly of that opinion then dr fauci and others convened a big conference call and 2 days later they had, without citing science, reversed their field and said, no, no, it was natural. It was the wet market. Don't let anybody tell you differently. And some of the transcripts have been released, and they show the big concern, and Fauci expressed this, was that if if the lab leak thing were thoroughly examined, it might cause, quote, harm to science and, har- and harm international harmony. Which, if you don't know this, harmony is a, used, a word used by the communist Chinese all the time to describe everybody shuts up and does what they're supposed to do, and we have no, uh, you know, no craziness in our society. We have a harmonious society. So what the hell did they mean it might damage science? So Fox came out with this um, uh, story what about 48 hours ago, and they've been trying to get Dr. Fauci and others uh, to respond to it, and they haven't. Well, Fauci responded today saying he still believes that the most likely thing by far is that this virus um, emerged in nature. Now, he he has, I mean, it's, it's known and admitted to, right, that they're doing gain-of-function research there in Wuhan. That's not a mystery from anybody. Everybody but Anthony Fauci agrees, yes, that's what was happening. So he doesn't say that they were doing gain-of-function there? That's what he's been arguing with Rand Paul about. Yeah, he is, um, he is citing, uh, interestingly enough, it was, uh, I can't remember with 2014, 2017, sometime in that range. There was a big active debate in the scientific community about gain of function research and the, and the, uh, regulations around it. And Fauci was a leading voice in loosening the regulations. And, and changing some of the definitions and that sort of thing. Um, so he is clinging to an extremely narrow. Mm, that's right. Uh, yeah. scientific definition really of his own crafting of what is gain of function research and what isn't what he was doing. The rest of the world calls gain of function research. Yeah. Yeah. So he's doing the definition of is, is around gain of function and, uh, and winning the argument that way. Um, but so we're supposed to believe the world is supposed to believe that where they where they uh man adjust viruses to make them as bad as possible to study the worst virus in world history starts and they're yeah. not related that's what right. we're all supposed to swallow exactly Bullshit. So one of the main points of the original uh, report on special report was that these leading virologists, all of a sudden, they changed their minds and signed on the dotted line. And how odd that was. The A couple of the names involved are Anderson and Jerry or Gary. I can't remember. But uh, one more, Dr. Robert Redfield, 84, Michael. 
You know, I think one of the challenges is that they believed that somehow they were helping science by not having science implicated as potentially being the source of the pandemic to begin with. And, you know, this is what I've said before. Uh, rather than try to uh, package something in a way that, you know, prevents people from thinking what you don't want them to think, I think it's just much better to tell the truth. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think that was done here. Yeah, I'll live the rest of my life believing that, even if they can't prove it, and I doubt they ever are able to prove it, uh, prove that uh, uh, Fauci and his crew were funding this, knew what it was, probably from 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 the first news reports of a virus like this starting in that area, they knew exactly what it was and what was going on. Yep. And he believes in uh, you used the Doctor Frankenstein uh, analogy earlier, which makes perfectly good sense. He just is he's a mad scientist. I mean, he just he's so focused on a particular kind of science and thinks it's so important. Right. He can't step away from it and see the human implications of, of what he's uh, advocating. Well, I yeah. represent science. Putting putting aside the uh, fun and enjoyable uh, Frankenstein movies, the original novel, one of the, the, the themes of it was that science cannot be trusted to, to be the arbiter of science. Scientists become so obsessed in their work, they will no longer recognize that what they're doing is too dangerous or evil or whatever. We have to have oversight of science. It's one of the, the it's a common theme through scientific history. And Fauci is a perfect example, I think. You can call it mad scientist or you can call it somebody so swept up in how important their work is, they don't believe stupid morons in the government or fools on the radio or, or whomever have any business in telling us what we can and cannot do. Actually, and the more I think about it, I think mad scientist is a pretty decent to. Uh, description of it an obsessed scientist now i'm not sure we don't really have time for the clip but what i was driving at before with this uh those uh, virologists i mentioned you know what i think we do i hit 75 real quick michael we may cut it off but more than a month later we now learn doctors christian anderson and robert gary two of the authors of that scientific report who were in close contact with dr fauci are awarded a nearly $9 million research grant from Fauci's agency. A month after that, Dr. Peter Daszak of EcoHealth Alliance, the group that did the original U.S.-funded experiments with the Chinese at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, received a $7.5 million grant over five years from Dr. Fauci. President Biden, a year later, tasked the U.S. intelligence community to probe the COVID origins. But its August report was inconclusive, due in large part to China's unwillingness to assist with the investigation. As the lab leak theory gains more scientific traction around the world, Dr. Collins publicly says he's at least open to that possibility. You thought it was uh, not a weaponized thing from the Chinese, but that it may have been a lab accident. It, it seems more and more pointing that way. Are you confident saying that? I don't think I have any more new information to be able to tip the balance. Certainly possible that this was somehow understudy in the lab, even though it was not human engineered from scratch. I'm quite confident of that. But months uh -huh. later, in his last uh -huh. interview before leaving NIH last month, 
Collins tells Fox News he stands by the natural origins theory. Frankly, we still don't know. There is no evidence really to say. Most of the scientific community, myself included, think that is a possibility, but far more likely this was a natural way in which a virus left a bat, maybe traveled through some other species and got the humans. Okay, Michael, that's fine. Um, A couple of things. Nobody but crackpots are alleging it was engineered from scratch. Why are you addressing an argument nobody's made? That's always a valid question. Mm-hmm. And secondly, uh, the bulk of the the majority of the scientific community, blah, 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 who are getting enormous grants. Right. Yeah, yeah. They've signed on the dotted line that no, no, it would damage science to to uh, blame any of us. And the idea that there's no evidence that there was any messing with the virus, that is just patently untrue. Well, like I said, I'll go to my dying day, believe that Fauci and his crew knew exactly what happened from the beginning and were yep. willing to keep it quiet out of their misplaced belief that they're helping the world somehow, I guess. And, and you know, human frailty. You screwed up. You said something wasn't dangerous or wasn't that dangerous, and it caused the greatest human-made cataclysm of all time. Yeah, a lot of people would try to cover that up. Try to cover up their own uh, culpability. We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Any joke you're disappointed we didn't get on, Michael? And if it's not funny, we don't have to play it. Got anything we uh, nah, missed? Nothing great. Okay, cool. I mean, we got them all already. Awesome. Um, maybe we'll get into this more tomorrow. Uh, Joe Biden has officially come out just in the last few minutes and said he is going to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. Wall Street Journal's got an interesting article today quoting a Supreme Court precedent. Uh, I'll, I'll quote it right here. Preferring members of any one group for no reason other than race or ethnic origin is discrimination for its own sake. That is a ruling the Supreme Court has made. In a variety of ways over the years, and uh, and and Joe Biden has come out and said, "I'm going to pick." He, he declared when he was a candidate, and he said, "Now, I'm, 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 this is only open to black women." Um, and the Wall Street Journal says, "Mr. Biden is now going to create one of the more jarring and incongruous moments in the history of the Supreme Court, because this fall the Supreme Court is taking up the Harvard University case, in which the Justice of Will arguments." That the use of race and admissions to law school is unlawful discrimination. And one of the justices deciding that will have gained her seat in part through exclusionary criteria of race and sex. Wow. That is one of the more jarring uh, dissonances in the history of the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. And what a great and, and, and interesting question that will be ignored by the vast majority of our talking heads and, and typewriter tappers. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Wow, that is an irony. How much time I got, Michael? Do, to, well, and the I'm... chief executive announced it as policy. Right. The Wall Street Journal is artic- arguing that he should have come out and said, "I'm, uh, I'm." even if he just said, I'm preferring to find a black woman, but it's open to all candidates, and we're going to take a look at a whole bunch of different people. And then you choose a black woman and everything. But to just state flat out. Wow. Wow. Want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong again. Yeah. 
Here is your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director, pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, we were talking about mad scientists today, and that reminded me i got to break out Young Frankenstein. The old classic, Gene Wilder, Peter Boyle. They're going to watch that today. It's good. Yeah, oh, it's a little stuff. dated, but it's still fun. It's not dated. It's fantastic. It's You're classic. Wrong. It's timeless. You're wrong. Oh, let's see. How about the young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer? Alex, final thought? Yeah, I got one. Yesterday, I kind of went off on the Hall of Fame voting and the Baseball Writers of America. They got a lot of response on the text line, a lot of people saying, I'm a moron, and that, oh, they don't deserve to get in because of steroids. Listen, I forgot to mention this yesterday. Sometimes bad people do some really awesome things. Well, and it was so widespread. It's like you're going to keep Lance Armstrong out of the Tour de France Hall of Fame because he, like every other freaking bike rider, was juicing. I don't know. Jack, uh, final thought for us? Uh, Just promote something we got on our website if you want to laugh. It's called the Elite Average Games. It's like the Olympic Games. It's it's comedy for, like, average, middle-aged, not particularly good people, (laughs) uh, athletes. So it's it's pretty funny. Check it out at armstrongandgetty.com. Love to see that. My final thought, after some high-profile lab accidents in 2014, the U.S. government paused federal funding of -of gain-of-function research. In 2017, the research resumed under a new oversight committee. But during those three years, with Dr. Fauci's input, the review committee was stripped of its power to veto proposed research, as the Washington Post Pulitzer Prize-winning reporters wrote about last year. And yet it's still kind of a third rail. We don't want to talk about that because it sounds like we believe Trump. Right. God, how many years will it take to actually get the full story of the pandemic? School closings, origin of the virus, all that sort of stuff. You'll have to get far enough away from Trump. Kids in masks in parks condemned as lunacy. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got a lot of great hot links for you. You can download the podcast. If you missed any part of the show, there it is at the website. Get yourself some A&G swag for your friends and loved ones. It's armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow on a Friday. God bless America. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. I'm strong and getty. How, how many more hours am I doing this? Are you concerned? I have no idea. Screw it. I'm leaving. Point of personal privilege. It's a little too much donkey dog. Glad bad at health care. Do you understand? I cannot understand the word you're saying. Come on. Uh, okay. All right. I just got one final question. Have you been a good little Nazi? We said yes. Listen to Captain Hindsight. Okay. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.